you need to take advantage of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier 3-Pack. Everyone loves the Thunderstorm. It doesn't take up any floor space, there are no filters to replace, and it's only one-third the cost of those big, bulky air purifiers. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use discount code HOWIE. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. I thank you all for tuning in. Today and this entire week, we had a lot of great interviews this week, and uh, we were actually able to secure a lot of fabulous guests. And today we had on former U.S. Attorney Brett Tolman, who's a very impressive figure, and he knows a lot of information. And I highly encourage you to check out our podcast if you ever miss any of these interviews, because I think you would really enjoy them. Now, speaking of segments that everybody loves... Emma Foley joins us now, and that means it's time for Last Call. Last Call! Time now for your end-of-the-week wrap-up with Emma Foley. It's Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go! Last Call! Last Call! Last Call! Let's go! Last Call, everybody. So this is the time of the week where Emma's going to go through some stories that we might have missed. Maybe we didn't focus on them enough. And she's going to give us her take, and then Jared and I can both respond Emma, what do you got for us? So we have the latest in TikTok Target Gen Z hysteria this week. So the popular brand Stanley has partnered with both Target and Starbucks this week to come out with a new quencher. Now, Grace, you are the proud owner of a Stanley quencher. Yeah, I got one for Christmas um, and I started to try to drink more water because a fun fact about me is I drink, I drink barely any water i know that's so bad for you i drink coffee and like maybe a seltzer so i tried to work in some more water i will say the last couple weeks since i started i haven't been loving it i don't think it's made me feel any better and i don't i don't think my skin looks better or anything like that but i'm still i'll keep trying the stanley quencher it's this 40 ounce water bottle and what makes it great why all the suburban moms love it is because the bottom of it fits into a cup holder in your car it also has a handle Mm -hmm. and if you are a tiktok user there are all these Gen Z girlies that are sticking charms to it. The one girl got a backpack that she got for yeah, there's her a purse. water bottle yeah. so that she can carry lip gloss for her water bottle, I suppose. For this, her water bottle? You know, I think it's for her, but... Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> you never know. Maybe it has a mind of its own and lips of its own. But so this cup has this year raked in $750 million in sales for Stanley, a 275% increase yeah and how much i i i don't know this because i got it as a christmas gift i think they go for like 50 bucks yeah 45 50 60 dollars probably around christmas time was a little more now they are being resold so there was a special launch at target this week they're now being resold on poshmark ebay those kinds of resale sites for 300 dollars but these are special ones this is a brand deal so these are the the bright pink pink. yes it looks like they almost had a campaign deal with um or with Barbie or something. They're this really pretty pink. Right. So these are the Galentine's Day collection, and it's causing quite a stir at Target's. People are camping out, or they were camping out. They are now all sold out. They sold out, sold out in about 15 minutes. We actually do have some audio from one of the altercations outside of a, a Target. Can we get cut 22, please? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to them. Yep. Go ahead. 
Like, the hell is your problem? Like, I'm like, So they eventually called security to get this young man and send him back into, it did look like a convoluted line, more of a swarm. Oh, that's my pet. My pet peeve is when there needs to be some sort of direction with the line, like there needs to be a a clear marker of where it starts and where it ends, and it's just not happening. And so in those situations, what I do is I'll say, are you in the line? Are you in line? Because it drives me crazy when people are floating around. And it's like, I'll give you an example. The place I pick up my prescriptions, the line is in an aisle. It's it's a store where the line is in the aisle. Mm-hmm. And some people in that aisle are browsing the vitamins that also happen to be in that aisle. Ah. And some people in the aisle are waiting to pick up their prescriptions. So it's not a dedicated line. So the other day I'm there and there's this woman... And she's at the back of the aisle and she's treating the guy who's looking at vitamins like he's in line. And so she's all these yards behind him. And I'm like, I don't think that guy's in line. You got to move up. I didn't say that. I just was kind of like, oh, God, pay attention, move up. But at that point, you need someone there to say, hey, this guy, you know, move along. This guy's not in line. Otherwise, what are we as a society? We have we have right. sheer chaos. So it did seem like Target was doing something. They had an, a set number of tickets and they would go outside the Target to oh, all like the people. Oh, like a deli line. All the people camped out and they handed out the tickets. So if you didn't get one, you knew you could go home and you wouldn't get one of these cups. Um, but there's also a video on TikTok of someone asking one of the Target employees, how many cups did you have? And the, <laughs> the employee responds, I'm not at liberty to tell you that. So oh. they, they stayed lips zipped about these Stanley Cups because of the hysteria. Well, and you can also tell that the trust is not there. The trust is not the there. The people getting these cups feel like something is afoot. Yes. Okay, well, I'm glad mine's lime green and I just, you know, just picked it up and I'm done. Yes, and you may you may want one of these cups though this January if you're if you are doing dry January because mocktails are reaching prices never seen before. So in Los Angeles, there's also a new trend. How new is it, though? Dry January. I think it's been around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm actually more familiar with dry February because it's a shorter month. And so I think it's easier for people people to handle it, to wrap their heads around. And also, I just find that going into January, coming out of the holiday stuff, it's like so cold turkey. You know what I mean? Yes. So then there's also the um, this is this is new, I believe, the sober curious lifestyle. Have yes. you heard about this? Yes, I have. I've, so, I've done a little research into that. actually. So this is people looking to, for beverages that aren't going to ruin them the next day, that kind of thing. They're entering a healthier lifestyle. And there's so many more options nowadays. There's really there's beers that actually taste really good. In fact, all of the a lot of the non-alcoholic beers now, if you have like a Heineken one, they taste just I mean, maybe not just like a real Heineken, but it's it's pretty crazy how how much they've improved. So it's driving sales and it's also driving prices. Um, so mocktail sales last year, last January, increased by 23%. And Los Angeles is finding that this is a good way to up prices. See, that to me is that to me is 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 so crappy because it's like no, let's let's be honest with ourselves. We're paying we're paying the premium price for the alcohol. Right. If someone's trying to be sober or if someone's trying to, you know, cut back for the month, 
the least we can do as a society is give them a little break on the but then again the other the other devil on my shoulder saying baby it's capitalism this is how the world works get these on bars, board i think these bars figure if they can make it pretty if they can put a little flower on it make it instagrammable people will pay 13 14 dollars that's obscene for a glass of juice it's a glass of, yeah it's a glass of juice yes i also i remember in college i like really wasn't a big drinker and sometimes i would ask for a coke at the bar and i always thought like the, the really good bartenders because these were bar bars these weren't like oh some people are getting a bite to eat these were just you know places where college kids were going to drink and if i got a coke a good bartender wouldn't even look twice at it like if i tried to give them my credit card they'd be like you're all set right because they're thinking it's too much effort to ring up you're probably not going to tip that much but maybe that's why they're jacking up the prices because you're not going to tip as much on maybe a seven dollar seltzer but if they make it 18 dollars, you'll feel obligated to pay 20 percent yeah i'm kind of torn on this like part of me thinks give the people a break they're trying to cut back but then part of me is like this is how this is how it works you gotta make gotta make hay right you gotta i don't know maybe we'll throw that out to the callers what do you think mocktails should we should we jack up the prices all right another story for you grace this is out of new york so a new york assemblyman and a new york state senator are trying to make chick-fil-a open on sunday so they're saying serve more chicken or ship out um, so State Assemblyman Tony Simone joined CNN's Abby Phillips. Yo, throw that chicken up here on my mom! Last week, um, and Abby Phillips was pretty tough with him. She said, "If even if Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, would you make Chick-fil-A, as well as the other stores and restaurants at rest stops, open on Sunday? This is cut 23. Let me give you a hypothetical here, just out of curiosity. If Christmas Day fell on a Sunday, would you force all businesses to be open on Sundays. They are typically not open on Sundays, many of them, on, well, on, uh, on Christmas, many of them. Well, thank you, Abby, for having me on. First of all, it, this is a consumer protection bill. The Rest Stop Restaurant Act is about having our rest stops serve New York drivers and commuters seven days a week. Um, it's not about anything else. It's simply having the new contracts that are approved. Look, it's my responsibility as a state lawmaker that makes sure state contracts serve all new yorkers yeah abby phillips has everybody must eat abby phillips has some good uh some good back and forths on cnn occasionally um this whole this whole thing i saw lindsey graham talking about it on fox a couple weekends ago i actually think it was the weekend of christmas it's strange to me i know why people don't like chick-fil-a i know why the left hates chick-fil-a they don't like uh their stance on gay marriage and they I remember at one point Menino didn't want a Chick-fil-A in Boston. He said there would never be a Chick-fil-A. But how do you make a company like to me this is just so this is such a weird battle to fight. And forget I'm sure you can get into the legal back and forth of whether or not you can do that, but if these were my cuz you said it's a politicians, you said it's a right, so it's state politicians. Their justification is if the rest stop is public property, the Chick-fil-A must serve the public. Yeah, and that's fine. They can make whatever justification they want for it. But my point is, if these are your representatives, don't you look at this and you go, you guys don't have anything better to do? Like, now you're now you're holding a gun to Chick-fil-A's head and saying, you will be open on Sunday. You will serve people the chicken. Like, uh, if, if that's my state senator, I would say, hey, 
we have other things we should be worried about. This shouldn't be on the top. Like, to go on TV and talk about this, it's so losery. Yes, like, you could talk about the homelessness, the migrants. Like, is Chick-fil-A obligated to serve these migrants if they are part of this consumer protection bill, quote-unquote? Are you a Chick-fil-A girl? I'm so a Chick-fil-A girl. What's your order? I get the nuggets, which is surprising, I know. Sometimes I get the, the spicy chicken deluxe, but usually nuggets and the waffle chicken. fries. And then I ask for, like, three honey mustards. You don't get the Chick-fil-A sauce. No. So that is the, I know, shocking. But no, I'm a honey mustard girly and a Chick-fil-A nugget girly. Go ahead, Jared. The Chick-fil-A honey <laughs> mustard is where it's at. What's your that order? Is, uh, I, I think it's the number, uh, the, the sandwich, just the the regular. Yeah, that's what I get too. You know, Will got the pimento cheese. Like they had never made a new menu item or they hadn't made one in decades, I guess. And they made a new sandwich and it was the pimento chicken sandwich. And... I was very like, ooh, good luck with that, because he has a habit of ordering weird stuff sometimes. It looked, he, I took a bite of it, and it was delicious, and it looked really good, too. So is it like uh, is it like a pimento cheese sauce? Yep. Or is it like, oh, yeah. Okay, so not actual pimentos on the sandwich. No. Okay, I'm not a huge pimento person. Yeah, not so much. But, you know, we could we could try it as a staff. Oh, should we do like a video? We could. Can we write it off as an expense? We'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> I'll expense it. How's that? Um, or no, you know what? I will. This will be my Christmas gift. My, Everybody my, must eat. My delayed Everybody Christmas gift. To the team here at Grace Curly Show, We will. I will buy you all pimento chicken sandwiches. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls. It's 844-500-4242. Thank you, Emma Foley, for last call. We appreciate it. And if you're out there and you're trying to get your hands on the Stanley, keep the faith. Keep the faith. And keep everyone in line in check because that's where you lose the plot is like when people don't know what line they're in when there's how about when there's two lines I was at a wedding a couple weekends ago and waiting at the bar and there was two lines going and people didn't realize that there was another line they were like converging at one point and I said this cannot stand someone needs to step in here this is not how things function in a normal society so if you're in line for a Stanley Keep your head in a swivel. In the past couple of years alone, close to 50 satisfied Grace listeners have allowed J.J. Manning auctioneers to sell their valuable real estate assets quickly, contingency-free, and for the highest price the market will pay. So don't wait, because you can be next. Since 1976, J.J. Manning's project-based approach of selling real estate has generated positive results for individuals, families, builders, companies, banks, estates, you name it. And the best part is you set the sale date and you have one consolidated open house. That means you don't have to worry about getting a call at three o'clock saying, oh, we got someone who wants to see the house. Can you clean it up? Can we get over there? It takes out all of that stress because there's no surprise showings. JJ Manning sellers are never left out in the cold. You're not going to be wondering about interest on your property. There's weekly reports that provide measured progress and create a sense of teamwork through the auction process. So you're going to feel like you know what's going on for the most important parts of this process, which is really, it takes out all of the stress. Uh, You set the terms, you sell contingency free, and the buyer pays all commission. So JJ Manning uses their 30-30 marketing plan, which is 30 days of advertising and 30 days to close. It's the perfect recipe. They have it down pat. And if you want to get your commercial or residential or land sold, you can contact Charlie Gill. Now, here's the number. It's 800-521-0111, or you can visit jjmanning.com. Again, that's 800-521-0111, or if you prefer to go online, it's jjmanning.com. We'll be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. 
This is The Grace Curley Show. I was discussing the illegal immigration crisis with Taylor yesterday when he was filling in for Howie. And he was he made the point that a lot of these things that are going on now where Republican governors are sending illegal aliens to certain cities and the cities are getting mad and and then they're getting mad at the governors when really they should be getting mad at the president. And he's absolutely right. Like everyone's getting mad at the wrong person. They should be getting mad at the federal government. And they are to an extent. But they keep talking about money. They keep saying, oh, if we just need more money. And that was the same thing Jake Tapper tried to say to Speaker Johnson, which is, you know, it's surprising that the the border patrol agents don't want this 14 billion dollar bill to pass because they would get more money and johnson's point was they just want the faucet shut off they don't need more buckets they don't need more you know supply they need the flow of people to stop so the reason i bring this up is because when i was discussing this yesterday i said to taylor yeah but it is different now because now you're seeing the reason new jersey changed this because now new jersey is getting all these illegal aliens and they're they were sending them on buses. And then Eric Adams said, no more buses. You know, they're going to sue the the charter buses. They're going to uh, they're demanding that the, the drivers of these buses give them like 32 hour notice. And so in New Jersey, they said, fine, we'll just help the migrants get on the New Jersey transit system and they'll take the train in to New York City. And the reason that's different now is because now this isn't Greg Abbott, Republican conservative evil governor or Ron DeSantis, the worst man in the world. Now you have Democrat governor, COVID fanatic, Phil Murphy pushing the migrants into New York City. So what I mean by that is you have Democrat on Democrat crime. And yesterday we played the sound cut of Eric Adams and he's holding up pictures of Skid Row and he's saying we're not as bad as L.A., which is a very low bar to set, of course. I don't think that should be your motto as the mayor of New York City is New York City. We're not as bad as California. Not great. But you're seeing how this infighting is starting to really come to a surface and it's not getting any better. Now, meanwhile, when Mayorkas is asked about it, he gave a response. And I don't think I'm going to have enough time here to really go into it, Jared, But give me a little bit of cut one, please. They're going to try to impeach you in the House. They say you're doing this intentionally and that you're a liar. Your reaction? I don't have time um, for words uh, like that. We are focused here on solutions. I lead a department of 260,000 incredibly talented public servants, men and women who work at great sacrifice to secure the border, uh, combat human trafficking, protect our country from cybersecurity attacks. Okay, so that was my orcas. And then his his next question, he tries to turn the attention to what KJP and others are calling political stunts, and that is busing migrants into sanctuary cities. And something I noticed was, and yesterday I got a little bit distracted because he was using all these buzzwords and I honestly, I kind of fell asleep with my eyes open as he was talking. But the more I thought about it into today, I realized he, he's constantly talking about all these other places in the world. You know, it's like how Kamala Harris said, we need to get to the root causes of what's going on in the Northern Triangle to figure out what we should do about it here. And this is a real popular tactic with this crew 
is talk about all these other places in the world instead of talking about what's happening here. And I want to get into that more on the other side. Stay with us that and so much more when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. I can't believe it's 2.30 on a Friday, Jared. We're almost done for the week. It it goes by way too fast, and I wish we had more time. But without all being said, today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th Listener Getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. It will be here before you know it. For more information, you can go to gracecurlyshow.com and click on the Listener Getaway banner. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com while you're checking out our listener getaway with Caroline Levitt, is who handles the press the best, Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy? I'm going to say Vivek. Vivek, now at 47%, 53% say Donald Trump. Let's go to Ron. He's been on the line for a while. What's going on, Ron? Grace, Hello. Hello, what's up? Hey, so um, a couple of things. Um, the uh, Ramaswamy um, interview there. Yeah. Um, all these, all these issues. In, in order for the the left to keep this thing going, all these issues are interchangeable. Um, the common thread is that they have to stay vague for them to work. Because they're just, it's all part of the gaslighting. They're just trying to drive us crazy. They're trying to drive uh, logical thinking people crazy by, um, you can't pin them down. Yeah. So, um, yep. No, you're, you're so, absolutely right, Ron. So, so right quick, I'll use the example of the Chick-fil-A thing. I'm going to tie that in here. So um, they say, oh, um, Chick-fil-A has to stay open if it's part of like a service uh, plaza. But the service plazas usually have a food court, okay? Or they have some type of a convenience store in there where people can buy, like, um, you know, three-day-old chicken wings and bad hot dogs and stuff like that. So I would propose a means testing. Like, the Chick-fil-A would have to stay open if the Chick-fil-A was the only food option. Yeah. But if there were other food options, then the Chick-fil-A could stay closed, even if it was a place that was selling gum and candy bars and that's it. Yeah, but Ron, I go back to, and, you know, you're very intelligible on this, and and I'm sure you'd make a great case, but like you just said, the confusion is the point. Sometimes I feel like the stupidity is the point. Like, I can't even bring myself to care. And I know I I should care because, again, it's like the government and they're just they're just constantly breathing down everyone's neck and they never have enough power. And they concern themselves with every bit of minutia in our lives and in the lives of businesses that are just trying to make a buck. And trust me, I think Chick-fil-A is doing fine on that front because their chicken is amazing. But it just drives me crazy that this is even 
a conversation when there's so many other things that they could be working on. And instead, they want to focus on going after Chick-fil-A because they don't like Chick-fil-A. Let's all be honest. That's what it is. The left doesn't like Chick-fil-A. But more to Ron's point about the confusion being the point so you can't pin them down, that's a huge part of the left's argument. And a really good example of it, Ron, is a cut we played yesterday. You just set me up so beautifully for this, so I, I have to thank you. We had Mallorca's yesterday. He was on CBS, and he's asked about this problem at the border that the Biden administration has done nothing to solve and has only made worse. And to Ron's point, I think the droning on and the using of all of these pointless buzzwords and saying a whole lot of nothing is the point. Like, it kind of brings me back to Toby Leary when we have him on Two Way Tuesdays and we have people call in and say, I'm really confused about this because they say we can't have this gun, but... If you were able to get the gun before this law went into effect, then maybe you're grandfathered in. But then it says you're not. And Toby always says the confusion is the point. They, they want you to be confused. In the case of Mallorca's, it's like the word salad is the point. The word salad is just hoping that you zone out halfway through and you don't realize all the lies he's peddling. So let's play this, Jared. This is Alejandro Mallorca's head of DHS cut two. Because of the standards at the border and the flow issue that Republicans have identified, Republic, uh, Democratic leaders, mayors, governors, they're struggling. Uh, Abbott, Governor Abbott in Texas, is busing people to different states. They're showing up on, on doorsteps. They're in the streets. They can't work. They're hungry. They're begging. It's a big, big problem. What is the White House willing to do to come to the aid of your fellow Democrats who say, we need help? So uh, a few things. Number one, we have sought and received some funding from Congress to assist mayors and governors in addressing the migration challenge. But let me ask you a question. Do you think it is responsible governance for one governor to refuse to coordinate, communicate, cooperate with other state officials around the country? Okay, so pause there. So he's... He's immediately passing the buck. He's immediately deflecting blame to Republicans who have found a way to pin him down. And now what I'm going to play for you is a different cut where Mayorkas was on MSNBC. And again, these are non-answer answers. Take a listen to this. Troll in the month of December processed more migrants entering the United States illegally than any month in the history of that agency why is that happening? What, how do you explain it? So we are seeing the greatest number of displaced people, not only at our southern border, not only in the Western Hemisphere, but across the globe. You know, I am involved in bilateral and multilateral meetings with my counterparts from foreign countries in Europe, uh, in Asia, in the Indo-Pacific, all over the world. And migration, the challenge of displaced people, is a subject that comes up in every single conversation. We have the effects of climate change, poverty, okay. increasing... Okay, so pause it there. So he takes this and he makes it so, so broad. Like it's something that is impossible. It's an impossible mission that he's been handed. By the way, he at some point in his life wanted this job. You wouldn't know by the way he's talking about it. 
But he wants to make it seem like this is so much more complicated. And and you know what, Jared, it's actually reminding me of? It's reminding me of COVID, where it's like, you are, you're all so dumb and you're all so small-minded, you and your puny little brains. Don't even try to think that any of your ideas could fix what we're dealing with, because this is so much bigger than you could ever imagine. And it's like, well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what you're going to do about it. If you think this is such a big problem, are you overwhelmed by it? Can you not handle it? Do, do you think someone else could do it better? Because there were people in this job before you who were doing it better. I'm not saying they were doing it perfectly. There's always room for improvement. But I think it's hard to argue that they were doing it better. But you want to make it seem as though this is such an untenable situation and it is but it's it's not like you're a victim of circumstance it's not like this is just the reality that we're dealing with and there's nothing we can do to stop it there are things you could do like i don't know enforcing the law that could make this better and there's something about this i really want to zone in on here because Yesterday I played this cut because it was amusing that he ends up going to climate change and it's amusing that he's using this like newspeak Orwellian style language to try. I mean, you know that you're really talking nonsense, elitist word salad garbage when Willie Geist lets out a sigh midway through your soliloquy and is like, God help me. That's when you know it's bad. But what I want to focus on here, Jared, are a couple of key phrases in that. All across the globe, bilateral, multilateral, all over the world. That's supposed to make us feel like, first of all, like he's, it's not his fault. And second of all, like everywhere else, it's a problem everywhere else. So it's not, we're not supposed to be so upset that it's a problem here because it's also a problem everywhere else. In other words, let me, let me, let me simplify it even more. This is the exact tactic that I used as a kid when I came home with crappy grades in math because I'm terrible at math and I would say to my mom mom I know I got a 63 on this but I swear to god everybody in the class everyone said it was so hard everybody did bad everybody nobody did well on this it was across the board my mom would say I don't care I don't, I, I don't care about everybody else's grades. I care about your grades. This is the same thing. This administration is constantly going, well, look how bad it is over here. It's a problem. It's not just a problem in the United States. It's a problem all across the globe. Guess what? Guess what, Mallorcas? You're not the DHS secretary of the globe. You're the DHS secretary of the United States of America. So perhaps you could put on your big boy pants and try to do the job that you signed up for. I don't care about what's going on all over the globe. I care about what's going on in our country, on our southern border, and our northern border for that fact. But I don't care. Unilateral, bilateral, multilateral. I don't give a flying you-know-what. Tell me what you're going to do to fix the problem here. And they can't do that. They did the same thing with inflation. And I have a million cuts here we could play, Jared, but I'm not even going to bother. Everybody remembers. Joe Biden would say, inflation, we have the lowest inflation rate all over the world. In other words, you think it's bad here, but it's worse in, in Europe. That's what we kept hearing. It's worse in Europe. And I think it was like Martha McCallum or someone 
And she was probably talking to Gene Sperling, maybe, or Brian Deese, one of these people. Jared Bernstein. Jared Bernstein. She said, people are, people want to know what's happening here. They, they don't care about that. Like, that, that's not making anybody feel any better. Oh, you hurt yourself, but I twisted my ankle. All right. That doesn't really make me feel any better, but thanks. That's all they have. All they have is, look over there. You think it's bad here? It could be worse. That's not what we were sold, by the way. That's not what we were sold when these people were running. They were running as like, we're going to be a lean, mean fighting machine. America's going to be back. We're going to get jobs back. Normalcy's going to be back. Ventures are going to be in charge. Everything's going to be great. And now they're basically saying, well, it's pretty bad in other places too. That's not what you guys were running on. I thought we were going to be in this Joe Biden hair-sniffing utopia. And by the way, the utopia would only be for him. I don't think anyone else is as keen on that. But like, I thought we were going to be in Joe Biden's America here and everything was going to be running smoothly because he's such a Socratic, you know, elderly statesman. And now all these same people are going, oh, this isn't just a problem here. It's a problem everywhere. I don't care. And, and I'm not saying I don't feel for other people, but that's, that's something they got to work on. You got to work on here. That's what you were tasked to do. You weren't tasked to figure out like the Northern Triangle and their immigration problems. You got to figure out what's going on here. Kevin, you're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Kevin. Good, good afternoon, Grace. Uh, happy New Year to you, belated. But uh, I'm calling real quick like I know you got other people. Um, Mallorca is here with his whole statement about it's happening in other parts of the world, this and that. I said, doesn't that also work well for violence in the various cities like Chicago with their gang shootings, saying, hey, don't worry about it, no big deal. Happens all the time down in Mexico in the drug cartels. So we shouldn't have to really do anything about it. Well, well, Kevin, you just you reminded know? me of this. We could do a whole segment on it. I wish we had more time here. But you just reminded me of Pete Buttigieg when he was asked about the train derailment and East Palestine, Ohio, and he said, oh, these things happen multiple times a day. There's always train derailments. Again, that's that when you ran as like the future president, Pete Buttigieg, I thought we had a higher bar than that. I, I thought we had a higher bar than, well, it's happening elsewhere. Look at us. We're not Skid Row. That's New York City's new motto. We're better than Skid Row. Wow, the standards really dropped quickly once you all got in charge all these democrats it's amazing thank you for the call kevin i appreciate it just drives me crazy uh tony you're up next on the grace curly show go ahead tony hi grace i just want to say the, the, these reporters they ask the tough question great but they allow the person to not answer the question over and over and even that fox guy who asks very very hard questions they don't answer his question and he lets him get get away with it. The only guy that doesn't allow people to not answer the question is is that senator guy uh, from Louisiana that's always in all the hearings there. Yeah, John uh, Kennedy. Yeah, no, you're right, Tony. Who who are you referring to about the Fox thing? Who asked tough questions? Oh, are you talking uh, about? Are you talking about know. Juicy? Yeah, Peter Juicy. He always asks good questions, but they they never answer him. 
And then he lets him not answer. Yeah. No, Tony. Tony, you're you're dead on. And I think that Peter Ducey's biggest problem is that he's actually a nice person. That's the vibe I get, that he's just a sweet guy. And I think he needs to be a little meaner. But the other thing, Tony, and I don't know if you've noticed this, I want the questions to be... They're sometimes they're good questions, but they just give them too much room. And there's got to be a lawyer. Like, maybe we can get Brett Tolman on this. There's got to be a way to ask a series of questions in a row. And then maybe like a well-laid trap, maybe a gotcha moment. But there's got to be a way with the Biden administration officials to get some answers. Like, yes or no. And I agree with Tony. Then you have to say yes or no. Yes or no. Yes or no. Just like they do with conservatives. Otherwise, these Democrats, they can wiggle out of anything. 844-500-4242. Thank you all so much for calling in. I know I was talking kind of fast today. I can feel that, Jared. But there was just so much. There was so much to get to. And actually, there was one story I really wanted to talk about today. And that we didn't get to it. I think it will hold until Monday, though. So you'll have to tune in next week for that. When we come back, we're talking to Taylor Cormier. He's going to do the car crossover with us, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. It is Friday, and Taylor Cormier is filling in for Howie Carr. Taylor, what's on your mind today? There's a lot of different stories, some some from yesterday, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff still in the news. But what story today has your attention? Well, there was, again, Jeffrey Epstein yesterday. They just released about half an hour ago more Jeffrey Epstein documents. So we'll be, I'm sure, getting some stuff from that as well. Massachusetts is being implored to remove Donald Trump from the ballot by that same group that is doing that everywhere. They're they're sending out complaints to different state ballot commissions and uh, secretaries of state asking them to remove Trump. So Massachusetts is next up. That's already been submitted. Um, what else is going on? A lot of different stuff is, is happening. Uh, New Hampshire, they voted to put a ban on sex change surgeries, gender reassignment surgeries for minors. So that was big news yesterday. So we'll be getting to that and a few more things, Grace. Yeah, the more they try to get Trump off these ballots, I'm like, you guys are going to be responsible. I hope that when Trump wins in 2024, I hope he thanks all of these groups that were, you know, petitioning to get him off the ballots. Like Massachusetts is a swing state, though, right? What's the point in removing Donald Trump from Massachusetts? I think it's all about validation it's like when you see people who post things on social media a lot and you're thinking what's the point of this it's to make them feel good if, if they can go and say oh, i got donald trump kicked off the ballot in massachusetts yeah. it's it's a campaign talking point for somebody taylor cormier is coming up next thank you all so much for tuning in this week if you missed any of our hours you can always check them out wherever you get your podcasts i'll talk to you guys later <laughs> 